0: to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. For those of you who didn't listen to the Thursday, Friday, or Monday episodes, I am your new host, Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Today, we've got a pretty full lineup. We'll take a look at this past weekend series between the Florida Gators baseball team and Ole Miss. We talk about Brandon McKissick transferring from University of Missouri, Kansas City to Florida Gators basketball team. And I know that I had initially said to expect a midseason check-in for the Gators baseball team, but I'm temporarily pushing that until tomorrow. With the latest Panthers and Jets trade, along with some other NFL rumors, we'll talk about how the latest news impacts Kyle Pitts. Before we get started, however, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you make sure you never miss an episode. As much as I'd like to... While I might not get to go in-depth on every Florida Gators baseball series, this past weekend was a major one for the number 15 ranked Gators as they took on the number 3 ranked Ole Miss Rebels. The Gators are now 18-9 on the season, including an absolutely dominant 17-5 record at home. The Gators won the series 2-1 after splitting the first two games and then winning the tiebreaker freshman catcher nathan hickey was a stud this past weekend he was absolutely the star of the series as he went four for ten with a home run and five rbis improving his batting average from 337 to 344 the bullpen on the other hand they struggled quite a bit and for the extent of this segment I'm excluding Tommy Mace because he's usually a starter. But in Friday's game, he was used in relief. And that's all part of a game plan that Coach Kevin O'Sullivan said they were just working on. It was something experimental and they wanted to try it out with. And Tommy Mace, being a good teammate, Coach O'Sullivan's words, was he was more than happy to do it. And it worked out effectively. But... For the remainder of the bullpen, in 8 innings pitched, the bullpen allowed 11 hits and 8 runs over the final 2 games of the series, including 6 runs allowed in the loss during Game 2. The Gators won the first game rather handedly, scoring 2 runs in the bottom of the 8th, strictly for extra insurance. In that game, Franco Aleman pitched the first 4 innings, in which he allowed 1 run. And then Tommy May stepped in to pitch the final five innings, and he only gave up one hit during that time. During the second game of the series, for the most part, it was tied 2-2, until Jack Leftwich came in and gave up a combined six runs during the final two innings to lose the game. It's of course not entirely his fault, I'm not saying that, but it wasn't the cleanest performance that we've seen from Leftwich. During the third game, the Gators were up 6-2 to at one point, and then the bullpen started doing bullpen things, and the Rebels rallied back, but luckily the Gators held on for the win at 6-5 to clinch the series and beat, like I said, number 3, Ole Miss. If you were watching the series, you might have recognized a name for Ole Miss that seemed pretty familiar, right fielder John Reese Plumley. He's also the backup quarterback for the Rebels football team. And luckily for the Gators, we were able to keep him in check in both sports for the most part. Unlike a certain purple and yellow team from a boot-shaped state, I'm just saying we did a better job than LSU at containing him completely. The Gators... Sorry, I just had to bring that up. (laughs) The Gators are currently ranked number 12 in the nation following this series win. Ole Miss maintained their number 3 spot in the rankings. But honestly, that's just more of a strength for the Gators. That says, hey, the Florida Gators are a good enough baseball team where losing to them will not drop you from the rankings it also helps the Gators when it comes time to say well who did they beat and you see the number three Ole Miss Rebels right there later on tonight the Florida Gators will be taking on Stetson and then tomorrow they'll be taking on Florida A&M before heading to Knoxville for a weekend series with the volunteers going into that series we really have to hope that the Gators can step it up and have more success on the road than they've had so far. To this point in the season, the Gators have been outscored 37-28 to 28 on the road, with a good chunk of their offense coming in a 9-6 to win against North Florida earlier in the year. They're also 1-4 in, in away games right now, so we're hoping that they can clean that up against the Volunteers. Hopefully... We'll see the Gators put their foot on the gas for the second half of the season. Speaking of putting your foot on the gas, visit rockauto.com for all your car part needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I don't even have a car, but I just wanted to get familiar with the website and I was shocked at how smooth the experience was. Whether it's brake pads tail lights or you just want to add hydraulics why not stimmy goes crazy go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know who sent you get All the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Like I mentioned on yesterday's episode of Locked On Gators, the big news for Florida basketball on Friday was that the team landed two transfers, one guard and one forward. The forward was C.J. Felder from Boston College. You can hear more about C.J. Felder on yesterday's episode, where I spoke with Locked On Boston College host A.J. Black about C.J. Felder's strengths, his weaknesses, and his development so far. Today, however, we're going to talk about Brandon McKissick from the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and what impact his transfer to Florida will have on the Gators during the 2021 2022 season. As I mentioned yesterday and Friday, the Gators lost seven players this offseason three of them to the NBA draft in Trey Mann, Scotty Lewis, and Colin Castleton, and four to the transfer portal in Omar Payne, Noah Locke. Lover and osai osifo that's just <laughs> every time i see that list it just reminds me how insane it's going to be for the gators to restock for this coming season brandon mckissick however one of the guys coming in to fill a role here 6'3 senior guard that was a four year starter with over a hundred games played. So we're getting an experienced college basketball vet here, which with how much turnover we're seeing could not come at a better time. McKissick averaged 17.3 points per game last season, along with 3.3 assists, 3.7 rebounds, and 1.5 steals. He's improved his outside shooting every year of his career, including a career high 43% from three this past season, while attempting far more threes per game than he ever has before. McKissick was also an all-Summit League second team player, and my favorite part about his transfer story, he was named Summit League Defensive Player of the Year. The Gators struggled defensively this past season. That's no surprise and no secret at all to anybody, so adding someone who can come in and contribute defensively, as well as offensively, is invaluable. Absolutely. And as I mentioned Friday also, the Gators are losing 55.1 points per game from their roster with those seven players that left. That's about three quarters of their scoring offense. With leading scorer, Trey Mangon, and leading ball handler, Trey Mangon, Brandon McKissick should step in immediately as one of the primary ball handlers along Tyree Appleby, and he very well could lead the Gators in scoring next season. It's also important to note, like I spoke about Friday extensively, so I'd rather not go too deep into detail, but... Trey Mann and Scotty Lewis both announced when they declared for the draft that they would be trying to hire agents, which means that they will forfeit their eligibility. However, Colin Castleton, when he announced his declaration for the draft, he decided that he would not hire an agent, so in the event that he is unhappy with the draft grade that he receives, he could decide to return to Gainesville for another season. So it's not all lost with the declaration for the draft. However, it's very possible that we lose easily the two best players from this team. And should Colin Castleton return, it's very possible that we see a Florida Gators starting five made up entirely of transfer players with Tyree Appleby from Cleveland State, Anthony DeRuji from Louisiana Tech, Colin Castleton from Michigan, CJ Felder from Boston College, and of course, Brandon McKissick from University of Missouri slash Kansas City. And while that's a fun thing to think about, the possibility of having a starting five made up entirely of transfer players, to me at least, it's also very concerning. Because that just goes to show that coach Mike White, he's kind of lacked the ability to recruit, develop, and retain starter quality players on this roster. We've seen, especially with the Florida Gators just throughout our time, we've seen plenty of starter quality players remain at Florida and buy into the culture for a winning program. However, that hasn't really been the case so far, and it's especially not the case during this offseason. And, of course, we mentioned McKissick and Felder. The job isn't done yet for Mike White. We've got a lot of holes in this roster that need to be filled, but it's great to see that we're at least making progress. Mike White also reportedly spoke with firm transfer Noah Gurley, who is expected to announce his commitment this coming sunday which i'll be sure to cover especially if he decides to be a florida gator it's likely or at least it looks likely that the gators are going to gamble on mike white putting things together for a strong 2021 campaign and being able to really just outperform the current expectations speaking of gambling though BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are in full swing. No pun intended. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up i've been using it myself for three to four years now you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts use promo code locked on the NFL Draft is just weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes Podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't yet seen the Yesterday afternoon, the Carolina Panthers traded for Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. They gave up a 6th this year, a 2nd round pick next year, and a 4th round pick next year as well. And they exercised his 5th year option. This means that for the next 2 years, the Panthers are pretty committed to Sam Darnold being their starting quarterback. This also means that the Panthers will most likely not take a quarterback at number 8 overall. Other news also came out, the Falcons and Detroit Lions are both interested in trading down from number 4 and number 7 overall, respectively. I know right now, none of that really sounds like it's relevant to Kyle Pitts, but we're going to go into a little bit of detail here about why both of those news pieces are very relevant to Kyle Pitts. First, we know that Kyle Pitts very well might be the first non-quarterback drafted in the 2021 NFL Draft. We also know that the Panthers have aggressively been looking for upgrades this season. They were very, 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 aggressive about trying to trade for deshaun watson before they picked up sam Darnold, and so i'd like to bring them up when it comes term to kyle pitts because one option is the panthers might trade up to secure kyle pitts granted they likely wouldn't trade up to number four because the falcons are in-division rivals and those two teams usually don't trade with each other however we know for an absolute fact that the Panthers are interested in Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts said during his pro day media session that he spoke to Panthers head coach Matt Rule at the pro day, and that coach Rule said they would remain in contact for more meetings. Also, a little bit of a fun fact here Matt Rule was the first person to offer Kyle Pitts a scholarship while Pitts was just in the 10th grade, and Matt Rule was still two jobs ago. As the head coach at Temple. We know this because Kyle Pitts told this story when he was talking about changing from quarterback to tight end in high school. And he even made note that Matt Rule was, in fact, the first head coach to offer him a scholarship at college. Depending on who may trade up to number four or number seven or five and six, maybe. Who knows? Things get crazy. If they trade up for a quarterback, we could see Kyle Pitts slide a little bit. Maybe to the 5th spot, maybe to the 6th spot, instead of 4th overall, where (laughs) pretty much everyone seems to be projecting him to go now. Yesterday, if you caught the episode, I touched on the possibility of Kyle Pitts being a Bengal during yesterday's Mock Draft Monday review. I gave my thoughts on it and... Rather than repeat my reasoning in depth, I'd urge you to listen to yesterday's episode. However, I will give still a brief input here. If the Bengals choose to not go for an offensive lineman, and the best player in the draft is available in Kyle Pitts, you can feel free to take the best player in the draft to help out Joe Burrow and not feel bad for a second about it. While he can't be an offensive lineman, he can be the best receiver on your team. And especially playing the tight end position, we've seen a lot of rookies, especially while they're younger, commit to checking down to their tight ends as their safety blanket. We've seen some quarterbacks do it throughout their entire careers. Just look at someone like Tom Brady and how he extensively uses his tight ends. A third option to look at the Dolphins could also take Kyle Pitts with this sixth pick, like we saw happen on yesterday's episode of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. We know from the Pro Day Media session that Dolphins head coach Brian Flores was there in Gainesville, and, as Kyle Pitts told us during his session, he did meet with Brian Flores, and they had, from what we've been told, great conversations and very in-depth conversations. We also know that they didn't talk about scheme yet, but Kyle Pitts did stress the yet in that answer. The Dolphins are absolutely desperate for help pretty much anywhere on the offensive side of the ball. And I mean, if you're looking for help on offense, why would you not take the best offensive, play- sorry, the best player? In the draft, he just so happens to play offense. While Kyle Pitts wouldn't solve all of their problems, he would absolutely address their biggest needs of getting a pass catcher for Tua, a reliable pass catcher for Tua, a mismatch nightmare, and an athletic freak that could help space this field a bit. These are the most likely scenarios for Kyle Pitts at the moment, and we will absolutely talk more about other possibilities for Kyle Pitts and all of the other Gators draft prospects. However, that's it for this episode. Tune back in tomorrow to see a midseason check-in for the Florida Gators baseball team. It will happen this time. I apologize for it not happening previously. Uh, just with the Kyle Pitts news, I felt like it was relevant. Well, tomorrow, I'll also review the Gators softball series versus Georgia. And tomorrow, we'll talk about where the love is gone for Kyle Trask. Once again, I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work at whole9sports.com. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports. Dot com. Don't forget to follow Locked On Gators so that you never miss an episode. Also, check out Lockdown Baylor, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Listen to Garrett Ross as he recaps the season for the now national champion Baylor Bears. And if you know me at all, you know that I think Baylor football is awesome. So I'm excited for this. Get all of your Baylor Bears news only at Lockdown Baylor.